Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. And if you want to hear more than just this highlight from the show, become a Coast Insider and you can listen to the complete program, plus recent episodes about out-of-body experiences, the scientific search for extraterrestrial life, and biblical prophecies, which may have foretold our current state of global turmoil. So head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to catch up on what you may have missed from coast to coast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. We are back with Mitch Horowitz with his latest book, of course, The Miracle Club, How Thoughts Become Reality. Mitch, tell us about the uh, four important points to uh, start doing this. Will do. Uh, I've never talked about these four points before, so this is kind of a first-time run exclusively for Coast listeners. Uh, Point number one, when you wake up in the morning, you should make it a practice every single day to make a gratitude list, and you should be able to identify at least three items that can go on your list. There are always three things for which you can be grateful. Give us an example. Oh, you could be grateful for health. You could be grateful for friends. You could be grateful for any number of things that come to you. Uh, Number two, um, you should take daily gratitude breaks during the day. We take coffee breaks. We take stretch breaks. You should take at least three gratitude breaks during the day, and you can take many more. It can be in between work. It can be while you're in your car. It can just be a few silent moments that you privately reflect while you're in a meeting or something like that. Make it a practice to take daily gratitude breaks. Uh, Find at least three people. This is step number three. Find at least three people every day to thank to appreciate or to encourage. And you should try to find three new people. And it can be something as small as just complimenting somebody on something or really going out of your way to thank somebody for doing something for you. It's a demonstration of appreciation that multiplies because when you model that behavior, other people will repeat it. And finally, number four, at least once, at least once every day, whether morning, midday, or night, You should pray in gratitude, pray in appreciation, pray in thanks. Hmm. So this is, you know, it's a very simple four-point plan. Number one, your morning gratitude list. Number two, gratitude breaks during the day. Number three, find at least three people to express appreciation to uh, over the course of the day. And finally, number four, pray in thanks at least once a day. It's a very simple program. Everybody can do it, but it only works if you really apply it and make it a practice seven days a week. Once you do that, what happens? Once you do that, you will see that you will feel nobler, you will feel better, you will engage in less gossip, you will be the kind of person that people look to as a leader, people will come to you asking advice, you will stand taller, you will sleep better, you will feel better, and you may be very, very surprised to find that extraordinary things come into your life. You know, terrible tragedies do strike us, and your segment uh, and, and, and your continuing segments on the California fires have been so, so important. But insofar as catastrophes strike us, absurdly good and wonderful things also come into our lives, things that depart from all expectation. You will bring more of these positive things into your life if you follow a program like this one. Tell us about the title of the book, The Miracle Club. I like that. Yeah. The Miracle Club is a tribute to my heroes, really. 
there was a small group of New Yorkers. I live in Manhattan. There was a small group of New Yorkers who gathered together on the west side of Manhattan in the year 1875 with the goal of exploring the paranormal, uh, all aspects of the unknown, the uses of the mind, questions of ESP, questions of contacting the spirit world, and they called themselves the Miracle Club. They were just a little cluster of folks, and they only hung together a short period of time, but they formed the nucleus for a much larger and more influential organization, the Theosophical Society, which was hugely influential in ushering in the whole revolution in alternative spirituality that has swept our world. But this little smaller group, the Miracle Club, they were very informal, and they had just one principle. You had to want to try. You had to want to experiment. You had to just want to ask the question, what is out there? So I wanted to recapture that spirit of experimentation in the book and offer people ideas as to how they could use their own minds in a grown-up but also extraordinary way to try to test the limits and the extent to which our thoughts shape our reality. You believe that sleep and the ability to tap into oh, all kinds of powers like telepathy and ESP really back up our strengths and powers of the mind. Oh, for real, for real, absolutely. In fact, I never go to sleep at night without, during that very relaxed period, those few moments just before you drift off, without using affirmations or visualizations or prayer. Those few moments just before you fall asleep at night are a natural meditative state that we all enter into and sleep researchers refer to it as the hypnagogic state it's an extraordinary state of mind that can be seen as prime time for reprogramming your psyche for introducing suggestions to your subconscious and serious psychical researchers have also found that it's prime time for episodes of ESP and telepathic activity. It's a wonderful period of natural relaxation when your rational defenses are down and your mind is in a, a dreamlike state, but you still have control over your own attention and your cognition. Use that period of time just before you drift off to sleep to affirm or to visualize something that you want in your life. It's, it's a remarkable period of time psychologically, you can reprogram your subconscious, and also psychical researchers have found a spike in incidents of ESP and telepathy during this period of time. It's a very creative period of time, and we all enter this, this state, this exquisitely relaxed state, just before drifting to sleep. Everybody naturally goes into it, so use it, use it. Mitch, let's talk a little bit about the holidays, of course, and depression. Uh, I've talked with our resident psychiatrist, Dr. Peter Bregan, about that with his thoughts. Yeah. But, uh, why does it seem that people tend to get depressed more during the holidays? Um, I heard from some people in St. Louis that uh, some young guy killed himself tonight because he was depressed. Uh, no kidding. It's no just, kidding. It's, 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 it's crazy. Why does this happen? You know, it's interesting. I think the holidays uh, lay two forms of stress on us. One form of stress that the holidays lay on us is this excess of expectation that we're supposed to be surrounded by revelry and love and relaxation. And the thing is, you can't summon up these things on demand. You can't order these things on demand. If you feel like 
sitting around and you know watching football or binge watching horror movies like me you should be able to do that you should give yourself permission you should give yourself approbation to do that you don't have to engage in conventional activities and i think people feel very forced and stressed and pulled to participate in the conventional that's one part of it the other part of it is quite frankly people sometimes find being around relatives, family, coworkers, acquaintances, incredibly stressful. They feel tormented sometimes mm-hmm. by people that they're supposed to be closest to. And one of the things I write about in the Miracle Club, and I tell you, George, this can be one of the most powerful things in a person's life. If you feel that you are around other people who are bullying you or being cruel to you or running you down, you can make the resolve to separate from these people. And I mean separate and burn your bridges behind you. And even if you are unable to physically separate from someone, maybe for financial reasons or other reasons, you can still make the internal resolve to separate from that person within and at the first possible opportunity to separate physically, in fact. Never give up the principle that you are around everyone in your life by your own consent. You control that. That belongs to you. That is one of the most basic aspects of life, whose company you choose to be in. And I always tell people who get depressed or stressed around the holidays, and it's a very cyclical thing, that they must always remember that they have this choice, this sacred choice, who they're going to associate with. And if you're around people who you feel devalue you, run you down, you can cut those ties, or you can at least vow to cut them at the first physical opportunity, it will introduce an extraordinary feeling of agency and choice and purpose into your life, and and that really belongs to you. Why does it it, it seem, Mitch, that the more you use your mind, the more active you are, the more younger you appear and act? Isn't that wild? But it happens. It absolutely happens. There is a a research psychologist at Harvard named Ellen Langer. And one of the things she has been studying going back to the 1980s is that if you place elderly people in settings that remind them of their youth, nostalgic settings that evoke the music and the styles and the news and the television shows of their youth, she has actually tracked that physical symptoms of aging decline and improvements occur in blood pressure, muscle mass, flexibility, and even eyesight. There's also a great improvement in mood. The idea that you can associate the mind with things that evoke feelings of youth and vitality not only serves to lift the mood and ease depression, but actually reverses the physical symptoms of aging. And Langer has been doing these studies at this point for decades, and it's absolutely extraordinary. It upends everything that we've been educated to believe, which is that certain aspects of physical decline are inevitable and they're kind of set in stone like a calendar that can't be voided. Well, some of these things can be eased or reversed. It's vitally important that individuals stay in touch with what made them feel vital, 
alive, joyous when they were young. Don't let go of those things. Those things actually have healing properties. It's remarkable. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.